Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. Today's me, Jeff, and I'm here with Greg and Aaron. And we're going to be talking about spring maintenance for mountain bikes. You know, maintenance is one of those things for me, especially that I tend to put off. And <laughs> I can confirm that. <laughs> yes. And so with summer coming around, there's no more time to put it off. So spring is when I need to be dialing my stuff in. But spring's also a good time to prep your bike because the weather can be kind of variable. So there might be some days where you're like, yes, I'm getting out for a ride. And then no, you're not because it's raining or snowing or whatever. So you know, I found it's one of the good, it's a good time to work on bikes when you can't be riding bikes. Um, and then also the other thing is a lot of gunk gets built up on your bike after riding all winter, especially mud and salt and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to talk about bike maintenance and how you can deal with the winter crud and getting your bike ready for summer. So one of the first things, like I said, is is bikes get encrusted with all kinds of winter junk. So what I like to do is is wash my bike. So you guys have tips for washing a mountain bike, especially at this time of year? For sure. Um, whatever you do, don't use a pressure washer or a power washer. Just use a regular garden hose. And even then, don't spray water directly into any area of your bike where there's bearings. So that's going to be your hubs, your bottom bracket, your headset. Um, those are really sensitive regions. And if you use a lot of pressure um, in, with water and you can actually spray the grease out of your bearings. And then instead of grease inside your bearings, you have water, which will um, make them not operate so well. Um I like to use just, you know, just a garden hose, just some regular dish detergent. It's pretty gentle and uh, still cuts the grease pretty well. Um, I use a, a nice stiff bristled brush on stuff like the cassette and the chain to get it really clean. And then a softer bristled brush or even a, a cloth to clean the frame. And then as soon as you get done washing your bike, you should dry it. You shouldn't hang it up while it's all wet because that's kind of going to kind of defeat the purpose of of getting it clean uh so dry it off and then lube the chain as soon as you're done yeah and you mentioned not spraying the bearings out and you know staying away from areas like your bottom bracket um how do you clean those areas i mean a lot of times those areas attract dirt i mean because they have grease and they're going to be looking nasty so how do you how do you clean those areas safely i like to use an old toothbrush so you know, when, once it's time to retire your toothbrush, I throw that in my cleaning bucket in the garage, and it's really good for, you know, just like your mouth getting those hard-to-reach teeth in the back of your head. Uh, it's good for getting in all the little nooks and crannies, especially on, you know, some complicated full suspension frames where there are a lot more angles and bits and pieces. So that's uh, that's what I use. Cool. So once your bike is all cleaned and you know, you've used detergent, detergent's going to take a lot of the grease and things off. So Greg, do you have any strategies for lubing your bike after you've washed it? 
I mean, pretty simply, I try to dry the chain before I lube it. Um, and then I just apply one drop of lube to each chain link. Um, and I like to lube on the inside of the chain uh, rather than the outside. Um, and depends a little bit what, what lube you use. Some lubes get all over the place and you got to clean up a little excess. Uh, I like to use squirt lube, which um, is really um, thick stuff. So it doesn't tend to like drip all over the place and get everywhere. Um, and uh, I asked the squirt guys actually at a demo one time if they recommended removing excess lube because some people do, some people don't. And they're like, why would you remove lube from a chain that you just lube? They're like, that's dumb. Don't do that. I was like, all right, sweet. <laughs> I would kind of disagree with that. I mean, I guess it depends also, like you said, on what lube you're using and how liberally you're applying the lube because if you if your if your chain is like sopping wet with lube then it's just going to attract dirt and grit and grime and you know that's kind of it's it's going to just make a mess and it's not going to be good for your chain it's not going to be good for your cassette so i would i always i'm i've always been a big proponent of um wiping off the excess yeah yeah i think it like you said depends a little bit what type of lube you're using uh I'm a big fan of squirt because it's it's really high density stuff. But once you put it on there, and if you're doing this after a bike wash, you know you lube your chain, you run the chain, and you set it away until your next ride. Um, I find that a squirt, especially like um, dries on there, and it doesn't like stay wet, so it doesn't tend to attract grit over time. So yeah, your mileage may vary depending on what you're using. Lube tends to be somewhat of a personal topic, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, so try a few different ones and choose the one that you think works best for you. There are a lot of different lubes out there and, and they all work a little bit differently. So that is interesting. You would think there would be one universal one that works the best, but well, squirt does work the best. Go, go buy some squirt. It's pretty rad. <laughs> try flow, try flow. That's what I like. The next thing I like to look at when I'm doing some spring maintenance that's easy to do is check pressures on suspension and tires too, but perform any kind of suspension maintenance. So one thing that I've found a lot of people probably realize is that changing temperatures can wreak havoc on your pressures. So if you're running a pressure in the winter, it's not going to still be there in the summer for sure. So do you guys have any other tips about sort of dialing in your pressure or, or what are some suspension things? Obviously adjusting the pressure is easy to do as long as you got the right tool, but what are some other easy to do suspension maintenance type things that people could be working on? One of the things I like to do is run a fender on my fork. I just have a little uh, fender that fits inside the arch <clears throat> and uh, I found it really helps keep uh, dirt and grime out of the seals. So that's, that's, a easy thing you can do. Most of those fenders can be picked up for, you know, less than $20 and it just really helps to, to keep your stanchions clean and keep your suspension performing better. Um, <clears throat> in terms of maintenance, if you're a decent mechanic, you can actually change your seals and your, uh, oil at home. It's not, it's not that hard to do. There's tons of tutorials, um, you know, from, whichever manufacturer uh, your suspension fork is, they're, they're pretty easy to take apart. Um, like I said, as long as you, you're a, a confident mechanic and the seal and wiper kits are pretty 
inexpensive as well. I mean, they're typically between twenty to thirty dollars, depending on the model of your fork. Um, and you can even, you know, reuse your seals in a lot of cases if they're still in good shape. But it's a good idea to, you know, crack your fork open and make sure that the the oil's still looking good and make sure it's all at the proper levels. Yeah, I'll get up on my soapbox here a little bit. Um, and if you're a bad mechanic like myself, or you just don't feel like dealing with some of this stuff, um, I'm a big proponent of just taking the bike to the bike shop and having uh, the shop <laughs> take care of some of these bigger ticket items, uh, like working on your suspension. Personally, I don't like the idea of opening up my thousand dollar suspension fork because I'm likely to mess something up. So um, I take it to the pros and have them do it for me. So if you're thinking about getting your suspension maintained, which you should, uh, doing that during the winter, or the spring, when you're not riding as much is a good idea because you're not going to miss your bike if it's gone for a few days. Um, and with anything else that we talk about, if you don't feel confident doing it, you know, you can possibly learn to do some of the stuff yourself, or you can just take to the shop and have your favorite mechanic work on it. So it's always an option. Yeah, it's good advice, especially for someone like me too. Uh, so what about bearings? There's a lot of bearings on bikes. They're kind of hidden. So a lot of times you don't think about them kind of out of sight, out of mind, but what are some things that you can do at home to make sure your bearings are all working correctly? Well, your headset bearings are really easy to replace. Um, if, if they need to be, it's an easy thing you can check. I mean, that's just a quick you know, pick your, the front end of your bike up and turn your handlebars. And if it feels crunchy, then you probably need new bearings. And, uh, those are also fairly inexpensive as well. Your, your bottom bracket, you know, that's, that's one area where, um, some new bearings will make a huge difference because, you know, all your driving force is going through those bearings. So any loss in efficiency there is really going to be amplified. Um, so new, you can get a whole new bottom bracket, uh, you know, Bottom brackets are anywhere from what you know, twenty to forty dollars on the kind of mid range. And obviously, if you want to get ceramic and get super fancy, you can spend unlimited amounts of money. But um, you know, a lot of a lot of places like our local shop, Loose Nuts here in Atlanta, they actually have uh, a bearing press, so they can you can keep your old cups and just press out the old bearings and press new ones in and. I think the bearings are, I mean, it's like $8 or something. So definitely save some money over getting a whole new bottom bracket. Um, pivots, on the other hand, where, you know, there's a lot of bikes, a lot of full suspension bikes have bearings in the pivots. Uh, that's a little more involved. Um, I I replaced the, the bearings on my uh, Kona process this winter, which made a huge difference, but it was, it was a massive job. It took, uh, about five hours to do because um, you have to dis- disassemble the whole frame, punch out all the old bearings, and press the new ones in. So it's not not something for you know the the novice mechanic, I would say. Um, and you also need a specialized tool for it. You need a bearing press to to get them in your frame. So that's something. If you take it to your local bike shop, it's gonna it's not going to be cheap, but it'll make a huge difference. And it's something you should only need to do once every, you know, couple years, probably depending on, on the conditions that you're riding in and, you know, taking care of your bike and making sure it's clean and stuff after the rides. So that's, that's something that will, will definitely improve the performance of your bike. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's definitely over my head. 
The next thing on my list, though, cables and housing, that's something that I can usually do pretty well. Uh, you know, over time, your cables and housing are going to get crud in them, especially riding in the winter and, and snow and muddy conditions. And it's always I'm always amazed at what a difference it makes once I replace the cable and how shifting is much smoother. And if you have cable actuated brakes, you're going to notice it there as well. Um, and then on a related note, uh, you know, this is a good time to bleed hydraulic brakes and remote levers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that, that's one that I don't personally do myself, but I know a lot of other people do. You probably do Aaron. Um, I, I'll, I'll bleed my seat post, uh, the reverb that I have, um, if it, if it needs it, but brakes, I, well, I can do it. It's one of my least favorite things. So I always take those over to Chris at loose nuts. I'm sure he's always stoked on that when I bring a set of brakes in. <laughs> yeah. Anything that involves like liquids, I, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. I don't blame you on that one. So I've got a question that maybe you guys can answer for me that I've always wondered about. So we've talked to, you know, Aaron, you said if you keep your bike clean and maintain it, you know, your pivots are going to last longer. But we also talked about like blowing grease out of your pivots with high water pressure. Um, so I'm curious to hear like, at what point are you washing your bike too much? Is there a time where you like are washing your bike too often and are causing more damage than you're actually helping? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know that you would be necessarily causing damage unless, like I said, you're if you're using a lot of really harsh degreasers um, or you know using high pressure a lot of the time, then yeah, you really can you know you really can damage it. But if you're you know you're just using just using gentle soap and you know gentle brushes and stuff like that, and then I think really one of the main things is. Um, you know, drying your bike actually, I mean, that really makes a huge difference after you're done washing it. So I don't know. I think, I think it would be hard to, uh, clean your bike too much. That brings up a related thought that I had recently, which was, you know, you do always hear that advice about not using high pressure water on any of your bearings or things like that on your bike. But what about, you know, you're driving to the trailhead and it starts raining or you're driving back and it's raining. You're putting water at 70 miles an hour through your bike on top of your car. So I think even if you're super careful about washing your bike and everything, your bearings are going to get, the grease is going to get forced out of there one way or another. So it's definitely something you got to constantly be looking at and making sure that it's not getting dried out in there. Yeah. And one of the interesting things, like Aaron said before, it depends on the conditions you're riding in too, you know? It's like if you're riding in Pruda and it's just like bone dry all the time, and I mean, you're not going to do much damage on your bearings, but you know, some of the places I used to ride in Georgia, um, we would have a knee-deep stream crossing on every single ride on the Jake Mountain Trail. I mean, riding through that is not good on your bike, you know, but we do it like, you know, several times a week. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, like you said. You know, sometimes you can do your best, but you can only do so good, you know? Yeah, especially uh, Jake and Bull are a really good example because, you know, there's a lot of clay there. Um, there's a lot of mica in the soil, and you mix that with a little bit of water, and it's just a grinding compound, and it, it'll it'll quickly destroy your bike if you don't stay on top of it. 
Well, yeah, that leads us into the next section that I want to talk about, which is wear components. So brake pads are definitely up there. Uh, tires, you know, there are a lot of parts of your bike that wear out drivetrain parts over the year. And springtime is as good a time as any, you know, maybe fall is a better time to replace that stuff because you might be able to find some deals on, you know, last year's parts and stuff. Spring is typically when stuff's going to cost full price. But, um, but yeah, I like to look at my, my tires and brake pads and everything and make sure that I'm set for the summer so that I don't have to, you know, have my bike out of commission while I'm waiting on a part. Yeah, fresh set of tires will make a huge difference, especially if you've you've been riding your you know you rode your old tires all last year and through the winter and they seem okay, but man, you put a fresh set on and it'll make a huge difference in the performance of your bike. And you know, same thing with like grips as well. You know, it's just it's nice to to have a a refreshed bike, you know, ready to hit the trails when when uh, when the seasons change. Plus one to all that. <laughs> And one thing I would say on the on the tires as well, if um, if you're running the same tires, you know maybe maybe they're in good shape. Maybe you replace them in the fall. But if you live in a place where you can't ride during the winter and your bike's been hanging up, if you're running tubeless, it's a good idea to to check the sealant because I know I've I've had bikes that have sat for a while and um, you know I've aired up the tires and gone to ride and then ended up getting a flat because. They, you know, while the tires were holding air, there was no sealant, no liquid sealant left in there. Uh, it had all dried up. So that's a that's an easy thing you can do. You know, just pick up your wheel and shake it. And if you don't hear anything sloshing around, then it's probably time to you know, pump some more stands or whatever your favorite tubeless juice is in there. <laughs> yeah, and I'll add to the the drivetrain part. One of the things that I've learned through experience over the years is that you definitely need to be checking your chain length. Um, you know, someone like me who doesn't pay a lot of attention to maintenance, that's one that I actually do now because I've ruined many cassettes because I didn't replace my chain in time. So you can buy a chain tech checker tool for five bucks or seven bucks or something. It's a super simple tool and you can just every now and then especially this time of year, check to see how your chain's doing. And if it's stretched out, then replace it as soon as you can because you could be damaging other parts of your bike that are going to cost a lot more to fix. Right, yeah, a new chain is 25 bucks, and it's a lot cheaper than buying a, a new chain, a new cassette, and a new chain ring. So yes. definitely stay on top of that. Yes, I've spent a lot of money. SRAM has a lot of my drivetrain money. Because of that mistake right there. All right. So finally, I wanted to talk about seasonal parts. So these days, a lot of people are running a specific bike for winter. You know, you might have certain tires that you like in the winter for, you know, more wet, loose conditions. And then also if you have like a fat bike, some people are riding their fat bike rigid in the winter, but then maybe they also want to ride it in the summer, you know, with a a suspension fork on it so are there other seasonal type of swaps that you guys do things that you do to modify your bike so that it's ready for you know summer conditions yeah i've actually got something on this um one thing i like to do especially with my fat bike is turn my fat bike into my townie during the summer um 
I thought about buying an actual townie, but when I found out they're like 500 bucks, I was like, that doesn't make any sense when I've got like 10 mountain bikes in my garage. So you can actually turn a fat bike into a pretty fun townie. What I like to do is take off my snow tires because those things are friggin' expensive and you don't want to wear them out in the pavement. Um, and I have some tires from Originate that are like slick, narrower tires that work great for tooling around town. I know I'm not going to wear out my winter treads and um, makes for a pretty fun townie that will get you some comments. Well, I think some people too maybe like to swap out their pedals so they'll ride flats in the winter time so they can, you know, wear like a winter boot and have a easier access with snow and things. And then you, you might want to put your clipless pedals on in the summertime. Yeah. Maybe change your chain ring too. If you went down a couple teeth for the winter, especially if you're, you know, churning some, some bigger tires over, um, and the conditions are going to be soft and it's, it's a little bit easier to, to spin a, a smaller chain ring. So that's one thing I do as well when it's, when it starts to warm up, the bigger chain rings come back out and go on the cranks. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like your outfits too. You know, in the winter you got big bulky coats and things that you wear. And in the summer, you know, it's shorts and t-shirts. So for me, I, I notice my bike has a bunch of extra junk on it in the, <laughs> in the summer, you know, from the winter riding. So I've got lights. Don't need those anymore. Cause it's going to stay light out. I've also got fenders to keep the mud out and things. And yeah, you can chuck those off in the summertime usually too. So yeah, it feels good to lose some weight on your bike, getting it ready for the summertime. Get that hot beach bod, right? Exactly. (laughs) Get that beach bike bod. Awesome. Cool. This has been a fun discussion. Hopefully it's been helpful to people getting them stoked about getting their bikes dialed in for the summertime. I wanted to let people know about a contest we're running on single tracks starting today, actually. And in this contest, the, our grand prize is a Scott Big Ed fat bike. So Woo! super awesome prize. Thanks, Scott. S- second prize is a Magellan GPS, like top of the line GPS with maps and all kinds of stuff. Color the, screen. Color touch screen. And then... We've also got some really awesome bags from Blackburn that, you know, if you want to start getting into bikepacking or stuff like that. And and then finally, we've got a bunch of yummy snacks from Honey Stinger. So this contest is going to be a single tracks contest where we're going to give people points for adding reviews and photos and things and really just, just trying to reward people for contributing, giving back to the single tracks community. So... Be sure to check the website about that. And each day we're going to be sharing some tips for things that you can do to earn points in the contest. So, for example, a really easy thing to do would be to, you know, look at your bike and review every single part that is on your bike. So, you know, what do you think about the handlebars that are on your bike? Even if it's stock parts and stuff, like other people want to know that, you know, they want to know uh, what other riders think about different bike components and things and so you're doing them a service and then you might also win some really awesome prizes so be sure to check out that contest and hopefully you'll win a fat bike so thanks for joining us this week we'll talk to you again next week peace